Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Julie, welcome to April 16th. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. And the topic is, are you part of the inventory shortage? Now it's time for you to learn how to become the cure. So this is a topic, obviously, that everybody and their brother and their sister and their uncle and their aunt are talking about. It's sort of the omnipresent, never-ending buzz in real estate that there's no homes for sale. But what we're about to share with all of you guys today, there are homes for sale. They're just not in the places that you're looking. And there are there are potentially millions and millions of homes that can uh, come for sale if you stop being part of the problem. And we're going to walk you through. It's mostly a mindset exercise today, I think. Um, and then as we go through this, I want you to really try to be interested perspective about what you might be doing to sort of create your own inventory shortage. And I'll give you a, I don't want to step on any Mrs. Harris's points. Oh, and Julie, welcome to today's show. But it is fascinating when you talk to agents, agents have this mindset issue that they don't want to, you know, put somebody's house for sale because that somebody might not be able to find a house for sale or just variants of that. So a lot of the times the problems that you guys are having in your real estate businesses and the lack of inventory could be cured with some good old fashioned skills. Now, before we get to the next point, I want to remind all of you guys, it's not too late for you to download your 2020 business plan. We're also going to be giving you the real estate treasure map and think and grow rich for real estate. Just text the numbers. You ready? This is a different one from yesterday. Just text 2021 to 47372. Just text 2021 to 47372. And when you do, it's really simple. We text you back a link. And with that link, then you can download the real estate treasure map, which is our fill in the blank business plan. It's really a business and life plan. And you also get Think and Grow Rich for real estate. Now, this is an iteration of Napoleon Hill's public domain version of Think and Grow Rich. And then we added a bunch of real estate relevant content to it. So if you're looking to really tune up your mindset, Think and Grow Rich, that's going to be your home run. And then once you're motivated or along the ways or while you're reading the Think and Grow Rich book, then why don't you go ahead and finish the real estate treasure map? And after that exercise, if you follow our advice and do those things simultaneously, you're going to find on the other end of that, you're going to have more clarity, more direction than you probably have ever had in your life. And by the way, Julie and I follow our own advice. I'm actually re-listening to Think and Grow Rich uh, right now. And I'll tell you guys something funny. Uh, so the original book was written in the 20s and uh, Napoleon Hill, had. there's a version of Napoleon Hill reading the original book that I've got on Audible. And to hear that, here is, and he, he read it as an older man, but to listen to him speak in whatever was the, you know, the parlance and the correct vernacular of the day is really fascinating. So you should, def, it's an interesting history lesson because it's almost like you're jumping back into some, you know, thousand year old time and you're listening to somebody, you can just envision, envision this guy up on stage reading this book and talking about all these, these uh, interviews he did with some of these um, industrial revolution um, luminaries. You know, he interviewed, I don't know if you guys have ever been exposed to Think and Grow Rich, but it really is the original foundational book for anything to do with mindset. And for essentially uh, all the mindset stuff that's popular now can all be rooted actually primarily back to several sources. There's a Wall Swaddles book, there's Think and Grow Rich. Dale uh, Gail, well, Dale came later. And then also, believe it or not, a lot of the stuff 
also comes from the Bible. So a lot of the stuff that Napoleon and some of these guys in the 20s were writing about in the 30s, really, um, a lot of it was rooted in scripture, which you might find interesting. But in any event, definitely download Real Estate Treasure Map uh, and definitely download Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. And that's going to give you the motivation that you really, I promise you, if all of you guys are, you know, walking around with your hands up in the air and not knowing what to do because it's a buyer's market, this market, that market, start with creating your own treasure map and then use Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate as your motivation. Text, um, sorry, text 2021 to 47372. All right, Julie. Yes. Yeah, so let's bridge out of yesterday. This is a uh, three-part series probably about inventory and how you might be part of the problem. So yesterday was starting out with mindset as we often do when we are trying to get them to take action. And we ended yesterday by saying it's basically acceptance. Stop hoping, speculating, and wishing that the market will shift magically to a balanced or buyer's market. That's not happening anytime soon. So accept that this is the market for the time being and for the near future. So what to do and why you might be part of the problem. Do you find yourself saying things like, I already have so many buyers. It's so stressful being a buyer's agent and being trying to win a bidding war. Why would I want more? I'd take that listing, but then I've got to find them a house. I'm afraid to take listings who have to buy. Anything like that going on in your head, you might be part of the problem. If you're not reaching out for your, to your database, your past clients, your centers of influence, guess what? Somebody else is. I had a call the other day with a gentleman who wants to become one of our private coaching clients, which Julie and I frankly rarely take on. But this guy was interesting. He was successful in real estate, been successful for a long time. So it was somebody that we would consider. Um, now that's in Julie and I's private schedules, but we have other coaches. You know, we have 14 coaches that work for us. We have premier coaching program. So just, you know, there it is. And Julie and I, when you want to be in our private schedule, we're not cheap. So I'm interviewing him. He's interviewing me. And one of the questions I ask him is about his inventory. I say, how many active listings do you have? And he had no active listings. They were all pending. And then I then he started telling me about his listing leads. He had probably 15 ready-to-go listing leads, but none of these sellers, or well, rather, he didn't feel comfortable and being able to find these sellers' houses. And so he didn't put their houses for sale. And I asked, and, and then I went through this process with him where I was um, asking him, did he ask them if they had a plan B where they would go if the house sold? And he hadn't for a single one of those leads. And this was an experienced agent too, And this right? was an experienced yeah, agent. This is what I'm talking about. Part of the problem. Yes. Okay, so for example, don't get mad when someone from your list, your proprietary database, sells without you because they're a for sale by owner or another agent or working with another agent. If you're dodging these proactive calls, like Tim just described, you are A, doing your people a disservice by not informing them of the facts, or B, and or B, contributing to the lack of inventory by not being proactive. That comes in two flavors. We're going to talk about the solution here in a second. What you said, good old-fashioned lead follow-up, he had people already ready to rumble. But more specifically, it's an interesting form of pre-qualification, right? Absolutely. And so he didn't he didn't take the time to ask them. He assumed that none of them wanted to move twice. He assumed that none of them would want to uh, just do something a little bit more creative on the up leg, you know, when they went to buy the next house. Mm -hmm. He assumed that they all wanted to buy the next house that none of them wanted to rent. He hadn't actually gotten to the weeds with any of them, pre-qualified them. And what Julie just said is really the bottom line. What he is actually doing is he's telling those uh, potential sellers that he is not that interested in doing business with them. Otherwise, he would have listed their house. Here are people that say, I want to sell my house. And here's this experienced agent saying, um, basically putting his own standards and his own filters on yes. their process and their decision-making process and not actually asking them what's important to them. And again, a very, very common mistake, the lack of uh, thorough um, and effective pre-qualification is what plagues most of you. And it happens on the buyer side, the seller side, 
but especially in situations like this. So how many of you are sitting on prospective listings where the seller would love to cash out mm -hmm. in this market, but you just are in your own head thinking of excuses and reasons why you're not going to get that house listed? That's called creating an objection. You guys hate dealing with objections. You're the ones creating it because you haven't asked those questions. How many of those people on his list, he could have three or four of them in contract building something for all he knows. Well, I, and maybe I mean, they've already made the decision. Yeah, all that. You but know? I mean, honestly, there's even yeah. so, it's, it's not even that complicated. He just has to find out what's most important to them. So again, yeah. this goes back to classic agent mistake. You assume that the most important thing, just pivoting ever so slightly. So go, go with mm -hmm. me on this little slight sure. journey, listeners is that the seller's most important thing, the seller's is the check, the, the size of their net proceeds. Well, let me share with you a simple fact. Very rarely is that the most important thing to the seller. Not even for sale by owner, by the way. The most important thing to every single seller, it, number one, is gonna be uh, less stress. They're looking for an ease, easy transaction that's gonna involve the less, you know, least amount of stress. But what they define as stress is not the same thing as you define as stress. So right now, he could have a seller that's waiting to sell because they want to you know, get their Willy Wonka and gold a ticket and cash out at what they think is the top of the market. And the fact that their house isn't for sale is what's giving them stress, where he perceives that his job is to find them something first and by not having them have a place to go, that that's giving them stress. But what he doesn't know is they also have a cabin on a lake someplace that's right. two hours away that they're more than happy to live in. Um, and you guys get the point? You got to drill down with all these leads and really don't run them through your own personal filters and think what's important to you is important to them because you'll be surprised how infrequently your um, essentially motivations are in alignment with theirs. Their job, your job is to get the house listed, not for look, not to look for reasons not to. <laughs> these are grownups. They've probably thought it through. Okay. So solution number one, there's three solutions here. Number one, you must look at your own center of influence and past clients, otherwise known as your database to create the inventory you're looking for. And we're gonna give you a script, it's probably gonna to be tomorrow for that. Number two, you must realize that even in a hot seller's market, there are expireds who need your help. Aspirational pricing and strict showing restrictions equal expireds. There's lots of reasons, but it's usually aspirational pricing. Old expireds, yeah. new expireds, call the expireds from a couple years ago. Uh, for rent by owners, there's so many different sources of leads that we teach you guys how to directly, proactively prospect. The and in our coaching program. That, this is what we do. Our coaching program is made for a market like this. We are 100% in alignment with what your goals are in this market, which is teaching all of you guys to pivot away from having to be dependent on buyers and work with sellers. Working with sellers is what we specialize in. That's right. I'll give you an example of expireds, okay? Hot seller's market pretty much almost everywhere in the country. Chris Leon last night went on an expired, about a half million dollars uh, neighborhood, okay? A very popular neighborhood in a suburb of Chicago. It had simply been on the market during the weirdest part of the pandemic, mm -hmm. where people weren't comfortable going to showings. Last, the seller was last a, spring, early yeah, summer. Yeah, the seller yep. was a little nervous about letting everybody in. It probably was a tick overpriced at the time. He's going to take that listing, price it right, and get it sold. Okay, why? Because he watches for expireds every day and prospects every day. And Julie said a point a second ago. I don't know if you guys learned or were listening. So let's go back to the example of the agent I was speaking with. So he has all these prospective sellers uh, that all want to list their houses. Well, he probably also has an easy access to a bunch of buyers. Like if he just were to lightly put the word out that he's got these properties for sale in his normal course of you know doing business, he probably could double into every one of these listings. Probably. And he hadn't thought about any of this. And this is because you guys are still, you're using an old operating system when it comes to looking for inventory. Go to the MLS, what's for sale? Go to the new builders, what's for sale? You're not actually thinking outside of the box. For example, most new builders are not putting 
putting their inventory and their future inventory anywhere near a realtor because they know they can sell it without one. But that does not mean that they won't co-op with you if you call them, if you actually go to them. This, these, this apathy, this dependence on the old system that you guys are all mostly um, leaning in on is what's going to keep you from making this your best year ever. And it's also keeping the inventory low. <laughs> okay, so number three, you must realize this is also the era of the rise of the for sale by owners. We're hearing that from virtually every coaching client. So these three categories we just mentioned need to be your number one focus right now. So what are you going to say? How do you actually deal with this? Okay. So the, the script that we're going to, we'll probably start a little bit of this today. Do you mind if I ramp on this? Oh, ramp on this? Okay. So I saw somebody, Julie, yesterday, mm -hmm. um, it was inside EXP's workplace, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. who was trying to sell realtors that there's this four, uh, he essentially was trying to get realtors to text a FISBO, uh, run ads on a, a seller's FISBO, social networking thing, direct mail a FISBO, and something else. In other words, all these things that he was expecting an agent to do to try to get FISBOs were passive, number one. Number two, will absolutely positively win you nothing. Because in this market, FISBOs are selling really fast. The agent that's going to win is the agent that's going to go directly to that seller. You have to be, you, when you guys are hearing or being exposed to anybody that's trying to tell you to do anything other than come into direct contact, a direct immediate contact with the seller, you need to, you, you need to feel a revulsion. The idea that you can be passive or slow to market in any aspect of lead generation as it's geared towards sellers in this market is asinine. And every one of the little rattly off things I just told you guys about, those were all designed around agents who are fearful of, uh, who A, don't have the skill set to go direct, but B, are overly fearful of hearing the word no. Get past those things, that's what we do in our coaching program, and you will be shocked and amazed how much opportunity there is, even, well, frankly, especially in a business like this. And I'll tell you something else. Those of you who are fearful of all these new agents coming into the industry, of which there's gobs and gobs, like probably- Everyone you know, basically. Yeah, everyone you know and their brother, they all got licensed during yeah. COVID. Um, most of them aren't going, um, look, our podcast is the number one listened to daily podcast in the nation. Tens of thousands of you listen every single day, but here's the simple fact. We're just one voice, Julie and I in the industry. Nobody else says what we say. Everyone else is trying to tell you guys, sell you guys snake oil. And so chances are most of those agents are going to hit the market and they're going to further oversaturate all the passive lead generation stuff that many of you are relying on. You think buying buyer leads is asinine. Now just wait until a million new agents get in the business. You want, you think all your YouTube videos are the greatest thing since sliced bread, your Instagram, your TikTok, and all this other Mickey Mouse you're doing. Well, just wait until it's even further oversaturated with other agents. The only way you're going to survive in this market is if you learn how to go direct to the seller and have real conversations. Set all this creative, passive, artistic, you know, social networking, ego boosting, branding, Mickey Mouse aside, and learn the real skills so you can make the most of this market. You actually can be more successful because all these other agents are gravitating towards the passive if you decide to be direct. It doesn't make sense to add steps between you and the potential client. <laughs> I know, right? that was the funny part. I mean, there should be as few steps as possible. Okay, so what do you say? How do you actually deal with this? Let's talk about a, kind of a precursor to scripting. Number one, you've got to show your, poten show your potential seller the facts about the market. You're assuming that all of them know what their house is worth. You're assuming that they're on top of that. You know, there's lots of people that had no idea that they've got that much equity right now. So you've got to actually talk to them and be the expert in the market. I'll give you an example. We've talked about this a little bit before. One of our coaching clients in Austin 
called into her database, into a neighborhood that she works, and was letting them know the crazy price increases with some specific examples. So it's not just because she was saying so, it's because she could identify House A, B, and C who had all gotten, you know, it was like a 50% increase year over year. And one of her uh, sellers, one of her past clients said, you know, if you hadn't called me, I not only would not do business with you in real estate, but we wouldn't even be friends anymore. That's right. If you knew that and you didn't tell me. So if you guys think you're going to get resistance, you're wrong on that. <laughs> okay. So showing your potential seller facts about the market, what it's likely, what their house is likely worth, plus part two, actually being able to handle the objection. Remember, an objection is an unanswered question in the mind of the prospect. The objection, I'd sell, but what will I buy? And keeping in mind our previous point, it's possible you won't even get that objection from some of these sellers because they've already got a plan in place. You just didn't know about it. Well, or maybe the plan in place is they're going to buy another one of the sellers that you're about to list. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you, but you're going to have to put these things together. That that's the that's the missing link in a lot of your ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. You don't realize because you're so many of you are so spoiled. Well, frankly, after the last few years, you're becoming less and less spoiled. What, how easy it is to get paid on the buyer side of the transaction, how there was always seemingly something around the corner that you could find for your buyer. And now that that's becoming harder and harder to do, you're going to have to actually start being like the matchmaker. You're going to have to go out and find the inventory. This is called sales, guys. Yeah. You're going to find the inventory and just the, you're then going to want to put one of your um, other sellers who have a house to sell in said house. And because there's not going to be a lot of other uh, stuff for sale, even if it's not a perfect match, that's the one thing that happens in a market like this. Mm -hmm. The serious buyers get less picky, even if it's not a perfect match. Now, you can also go hunting in price ranges that are an upleg for, for example, whoever it is you have a house to sell for. So if you come across three prospective sellers and all three of them want to move up, and let's say they're moving up from 350 and they want to move up to 550, get them to sign a listing contract on their current property, pre uh, you know, basically that's... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? They don't have to sell unless they find something that's suitable. Contingent on seller finding suitable housing. Right. Contingent yeah. on seller finding suitable housing. And then go into the upleg marketplace that they want to move into. Generally speaking, you'll find that neighborhood people in one neighborhood will upgrade to another neighborhood or several other neighborhoods. That's usually how it works because people want to stay in the same geographic area. Go to the upleg neighborhood where they want to you know, move up to and then find properties that are for sale. Then call in those areas. Go door knocking. I've got buyer A, buyer B, buyer C. They they all want to live in your neighborhood. They all want a house just like yours. This is the top. You know, this could be hypothetically the top of the market. Are you interested in selling? Create the deal. Create the inventory. Yes. I'll give you an example of that James Miller in Amelia Island in Florida. He had a, a series of transactions. I can't remember if it was three or four deep, but they were all people that were either past clients moving up to inventory he either already had, had coming or knew about, like a previous expired or an old lead. And he stacked those three or four deep and was in control of the entire transaction. The greatest fortunes in the history of humanity have always been made during the greatest times of change. You guys should remember that. The greatest fortunes in the history of humanity have always been made during the greatest times of change. You're in one of those greatest times of change now. What it will be remembered by, you know, historically, who knows, similar times in history. There's one, you know, might have been familiar with this term, the roaring uh, 20s, mm -hmm. right? And then we, Julie and I have been, you know, listening to our podcast going back 
over a year, we were talking about the fact that we felt like there was some sort of renaissance coming, some sort of, you know, people are calling the Roaring Roaring Twenties is uh, what people are referencing it. But I think it's much bigger. The Roaring Twenties was just a sort of a U.S.-based thing, had mostly to do with money. What we're perceiving this happening is that we're, and probably because we have a global footprint, podcast listeners, coaching clients, is we're seeing something that's bubbling up that we've never seen before. We, Julie and I truly believe that we are on the very, we are at the base of a mountain and the mountain that essentially humanity is about to climb is going to basically be a very fast-paced walk into the future that is going to feel like a renaissance, a renaissance where everything is going to change and change for the better, by the way. Um, and all the things that would have hap- taken 10 or 15 years to happen um, has, because of COVID was pushed back into two years. And again, you're going to see further. I was, Julie, I didn't tell you this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Frederick Eklund, who was one of our yeah. superstars, who was on you know Bravo and all the rest of it, um, who we've had on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. So he is now expanding into Dallas. And so Dallas, Texas on a whole, but uh-huh. this is a, for example. Yeah. And so the reason was, is because they're seeing, he, of course, is seeing a lot of people from New York and developers from his New York mm-hmm. have abandoned New York basically and are moving to Dallas and to develop Dallas because the developers were following where the buyers were going. The buyers from Manhattan moved to Dallas. The builder, the developers from Manhattan moved to Dallas, mm-hmm. right? And then the agents from Manhattan moved to Dallas. And wow. you're seeing those, those migration trends, they don't reverse. No, yeah, but that's I, an opportunity of him seeing that opportunity yep. and going, you know, taking what the market's willing to give you basically and running with it. If you're going to be part of the new renaissance, the roaring 20s, whatever it's going to end up being called, you have to actually participate in it. And I'm not surprised because he's, you know, always been entrepreneurial sure, and somebody definitely. that runs with it and a great example to people. So, yep. yes. All right. So back to our script. Uh, part one, open with some rapport. So you can be calling past clients center of influence your database, and or for sale by owners and expireds with all of the same scripting. And Tim, this is a new modern script for today's market, so you can feel free to tweak with me if you'd like. Um, So you're going to simply open with your normal rapport using your Ford elements, that's family, occupation, recreation, dreams, and expect them to ask, how's real estate? So this is for centers of influence and past clients. You can, as well as potentially some expireds, but basically their database. So uh, Bob, our notorious Bob. Yep. (laughs) um, I'm reaching out to all of my friends and clients this week just to share some market news with you so you stay informed. I'm sure you've noticed there aren't very many for sale signs around right now. This means that a great house like yours is typically selling very quickly and not just for top dollar, but in many cases, well over top dollar. Your neighborhood is selling for X percent higher than last year and typically in less than X amount of days. What do you think about that? So we're just getting the conversation going. We're being informative. We're getting them to think and we're not asking yes or no questions. So another version of that was, hello, Bob. Hey, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. Um, Listen, I'm calling all my friends, uh, my past clients, people I know, love and care about. And um, I need your permission to tell you something that might shock you or surprise you. Oh, now I'm listening. Right, exactly. Well, I've been in this real estate market right now. We're seeing for houses sell for sometimes double and more than double what people paid for their houses just a few years ago. And I know this is not something that's necessarily in the top of your mind, but um, can I tell you what your house is worth in this market? It might really shock you. 
Yeah, and you might say, I, I really would feel I'm doing a disservice by not informing you about that. Exactly. Because this is such huge news. You guys get the gist of it. And you can do the same thing if you're talking to people you don't know, too. Everyone's going to know, want to know if their house is for, In this market, every market in the United States, the hot topic after people talk about the local football scores or whatever is always going to be what house values are doing. Yeah, it's not going to be hard to bring up housing. <laughs> They'll bring it up to yeah, you. You exactly. just have to be putting yourself in a position where you can have those conversations. And I know some of you guys are going to say, oh, I can't have conversations like that. I can't do it. Well, then you probably will struggle needlessly. And this is the type of market where people are going to be interested in talking about real estate. So put yourself in a position where you can be the person they talk to real estate about, and then you'll make money. You know, when you, if you, we have people right now, they're making a killing doing stuff like just door knocking. Yeah, I know it's working. All that stuff is working so much uh, more efficiently now because everybody's excited about real estate. Well, not only that, but because the market, all these agents, again, it always goes back to essentially wherever your competition, there's two ways of approaching a business, guys. If I already give you all yellow pages and I already give you enough money to start up a business and it can't be real estate, and I already say, choose a business that you'd want to uh, get into where you have the highest probability of being successful. And the only information you can use to research is yellow pages. Hopefully all of you remember what a yellow pages is. <laughs> and what you are, then what most people are going to do, when, how most people answer that question is they're going to flip through the yellow pages and they're going to look for the section where there's the least number of, of businesses to compete with. The, the actual, there's some, there's some intelligence to that, but the first move should be is go to where there's the most businesses competing because that tells you that that's where the greatest market opportunity is. There wouldn't be that many businesses that could actually compete for, say, lawn cutting services or whatever. If you find that there's tons of hair salons, well, chances are that's a good business in that particular market. there's demand for it. Otherwise, there wouldn't be 100 different hair salons. That's the business you probably want to get into. It's counterintuitive. But here's the, here's the flip side to that. When you're trying to attract business like that, if you see that everyone else is doing stuff passively, everyone is doing online stuff, everyone is doing anything and everything to avoid having direct conversations, have the direct conversations because the other stuff gets tuned out. It's like a billboard when you're barreling down the freeway, you see a new billboard once and you never see it again. Same thing happens for all forms of advertising. Same thing happens for all the things you receive in the mailbox. Your brain automatically is constantly looking for pruning and it's not even going to see that information. But if you knock on someone's door or you have a direct conversation with them and you're telling information that's gonna make them feel good, i.e., guess what, you won the lottery, you own a house, everyone's going to want to talk to you. This is something that should motivate you and should excite you. Yes, and if you don't do it, don't come complaining to us when somebody got that listing away from you. Exactly. Okay, so you're not allowed to complain about it. All right, so after you have presented uh, the facts, you can then say, so now that you know we could likely get at least blank for your home, what does that do to your plans? Or would you like me to prepare a specific market analysis for your home to see what you can expect to net in today's market? Now, two notes to self on this. First one is, even if they say, nope, I'm never moving, you can still ask, who do you know who could use my help buying or selling real estate? You can turn that around into a different kind of call. Second note, if they say the predictable, well, that'd be great, but where would I move to? Then you move on to part two of the script. That's a great question, certainly on everybody's minds lately. Let's look at a variety of options and see which might be the best and most comfortable for you. But also isolate what they said. So they basically just told you that they would sell the house if basically they had a place to move to. Listen to what they said. They just told you that they would sell if they had a house to move to. That is the... That's the most important point. That's the most important part. Don't spend a lot of time then worrying and wallowing in what they're going to move to. Focus on the fact that they said, yes, they would sell. That's a listing okay, lead. Now, that's why we asked first. If you know now that your home is likely worth X, what would that do to your plans? Right. Because maybe they already have plans, right? They might say, funny you asked, Tim. 
we were planning on relocating to Florida. We just haven't really pulled that trigger yet. Exactly. Okay. Or we're already in contract building something. Or you know what? We bought an RV last weekend. We're going to drive the country for six. Months. We had we had coaching clients that were actually well. It's funny though. RVs are pretty much sold out nationwide, right? But we did have coaching clients who's who they themselves cashed out on their houses yes. and were living and working out of RVs. Mostly they were working like we had coaching clients that will you know work for three or four months of the year, earn enough money, and then take the rest of the year off RVing. That's you know there's all kinds of interesting lifestyles are starting to emerge in this new human renaissance. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are trying out other markets by renting a VRBO for 90 days and just seeing how that feels. Uh, You know, maybe they sold their house first, maybe they're thinking about it. So there's lots of different iterations. I think the the takeaway from today's call, which we need to wrap pretty soon, we'll do part two of the script tomorrow. Um, you know, the takeaway is you guys have got to get out of your own box of thinking. There's not just one way to do a transaction, sell the house, buy a house. There's lots of different iterations of that. The second point I hope you walk away with is don't self-create objections. Just because you wouldn't like to have be in that situation and not know where you're going to move to doesn't mean that every lead, every seller, every for sale by owner, everybody in your database doesn't already have a plan put together or will respond to your help putting a plan together. And remember, people's lifestyles, their expectation for their lives have probably dramatically changed because of COVID. For example, uh, two years ago, wouldn't have uh, considered online schools for their kids. Now they'll consider it. Two years ago, they could never work remotely. Now they can. Two years ago, they thought that they would be geographically hemmed to this particular area. Now they're not. So maybe another thing to do is ask them, well, where do you where do they vacation? Where do they go when they're not working? Is there a, you know, in Ohio, it was, you go to Florida, you go up to Lake Erie. They called it the Buckeye Riviera, right? <laughs> I know. And so how many people yeah. will you come across that would like to live where they vacation full time? There's a lot of little uh, cursory markets, all these A, B, and C markets, and like where Julie and I have our cabin in Murphy, North Carolina, and other places like that. Those are places where people have always wanted to live when they didn't have to work anymore. But now if they can work and live there simultaneously, you're now helping them to think out of the box and you create inventory where there wasn't inventory. And then you can start double-ending transactions. That's right. So don't be shocked and amazed when, not if you make these calls, but when you're making these calls, that what you discover might be different than what you've been telling yourself while you've been stuck in the, oh my gosh, there's no inventory, what am I going to do bucket? So... Uh, on that note, we will give you some more scripting and put it all together on the next podcast. And listen, listeners, um, Julie and I, of course, would love to talk with you about EXP when you're ready. If you're looking for a sponsor, if this is if you finally come to the conclusion that most of you eventually will, that EXP is the next natural, intelligent, smart choice for you in the ascension in your real estate business, please do consider having Julie and I be your sponsors. Julie and I would be your personal sponsor at EXP. We would be partners with you in your real estate business. You'd be partners with us. And this is something we'd love to talk with you about. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. And Julie and I can then talk with you about joining us at eXp. In the interim, we'll talk with you on Monday. Thank you for continuing to make this number and listen to daily podcast in the nation. Have a fantastic weekend. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.